Hey Church, Pastor Eric here, and I'm just so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I just pray that this message will stir up your faith, build you up, and just move you closer to the Father's heart. If you want to learn more about us as a church or would like to get further connected, you can visit us at our website at oasischurchchicago.com, download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, and also join us on YouTube for our live streams on Sundays and Wednesdays. We hope you find this message to be encouraging and life-giving. Now here's today's message from Pastor JP. I'm going to sit. How many of you believe I'm going to stay seated? Come on, I have an over-under on um, me staying seated for dinner tonight. I need, I need to, to stay in my seat. So, so if I get up, just tell me to sit back down so I can get a free meal tonight. Come on. Some of you are like, what is he talking about? It's really hard for me to stay seated. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an evangelist preacher at heart, but I'm going to teach today. Can I teach? As we launch into this series, I want to give us a 40,000-foot view today on the power of Sabbath. All right? If you have your Bibles, open them up to Matthew 11. Matthew 11. Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Jesus is speaking right now. Some powerful words. And I just believe they, they, are, they are a great overarching um, few words that Jesus speaks that really help us understand what it means to come into Sabbath rest with him. Jesus says this, Come to me, all who are weary. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. I love the words of Jesus. The promises that never return void. How many of you know that to be true? The word of God will never return void. It's always stood the test of time. It continues to stand the test. He says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you, you will find rest for your souls. You will find rest for your souls, Jesus promises us. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to me, all who are weary, all who are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And I am, Jesus says, gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Holy Spirit, right now, over the next few moments that we have, I just pray that you would speak. That as we come right now to learn from you as disciples of you, as followers of you, I pray that you would show us your ways even greater, oh God. That, Father, we would come to understand what it means to abide in you, to walk with you, to live as your children called by your name. And so I thank you for your presence that is here, oh God. I thank you that every person here today is here for a reason and a purpose, and you, you have a word of life to speak into them and over them. And so would you help me, Holy Spirit, articulate the heart of the Father and speak it only what you would have me to share. It may fall on good soil. In this culture, in this age where it's chaos and hurry and unsettledness, I pray that we would be a people called by your name that would rest, that would actually live in your shalom, your peace. And we would be people that see your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. We ask this all 
in Jesus name. And everybody says, amen. There is a solution. I know, I know many of you probably would agree with this statement, but, but we all have desires in our lives. Yes, we all have something we desire. I woke up today with a desire in my heart, with desires in my heart. I woke up today and got my coffee early in the morning, and I desired to go have some time with the Lord, only to be interrupted by my oldest, who woke up way too early this morning and came jumping on me way too early for, anyways, that's just a moment of counseling. I just needed to let that one out. Uh, but I had a desire to meet with the Lord, and I, I did for a moment. It was good in Jesus' name, and it was good with him, too. Let it be known. Everyone's like, what is he talking I have a desire to, to be with you. I had a desire to come here and engage with, with the body, to minister together, to be together. I have a desire to leave here and, and go and eat some really good food. I have a desire to, 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 to go and be with my family and take my son and my daughter to the zoo later. I have all sorts of desires in my heart today. Come on. We all have desires, yes? We, we work to feed those desires. We live to, to try to give into those desires. I woke up with a desire in my heart today to achieve something, to make something. Many of you may not know this, but this is my work day. <laughs> what? This is, my, this, is my, this is my Monday. I work on Sundays. So I woke up today with a desire to build something, to create, to help, to grow, to build the kingdom. This is a desire in my heart. We all, if we are being honest, we all have desires in our hearts and lives. They're what motivate us, call us into action, push us to work every day. They drive us to create every single day. The desires that we have in us are the motivators in our life. They are extremely big driving forces in our lives today. Desires. It's true. They wake us up. They motivate us. They push us. And as much as desires are good things, because we are called to wake up every day and work. Some of you are like, really? I almost got up. We are called every day to wake up and to create. We're called every day to get up and to produce something. We are called by God to put our hands to the plow, both in the kingdom of God, but here as people of God, to create and to build and to cultivate the things that God has called us to cultivate and build. Those, those desires are good things. The problem with desires is this. When desires become the, 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 the driving force, they become in charge instead of us becoming in charge over our desires. How many of you know that to be true? That when our desires become the thing that are the thing that we serve, that's when it gets dangerous. In my life, I've seen it constantly happen. I've watched it in my life at times. I'm no, I'm no better than anybody in this room, but I've watched as the desires become the thing that I'm trying to feed. How many of you know you, you can't feed desire? It can never be fed enough. And what happens is, is when we try to go after desires, when we feed desires, we get ourselves in trouble. We make decisions that we shouldn't have made. We, we put too much energy into something that we were never, can I preach this morning, to never called to put into. We find ourselves in trouble when we go into this mode and this operation to feed the desires that are calling out to us. And the reality is, is they're unquenchable in the natural. They're unquenchable. The desires of our lives and of our hearts are unquenchable in the natural life. 
I love this, and I heard this as I was studying and gathering all sorts of different insight into Sabbath. Thomas Aquinas was asked this when, when, he, when he was asked the question. He said this when he was asked the questions. What would it take to satisfy human desire? And his response, we would have to experience everything. We would have to experience everything in this life. We would have to experience everything and everybody in order to feel satisfied. Just hearing that, that seems daunting and tiresome. Like we would have to experience every travel thing that we could do. We'd have to experience the hundreds, if not thousands of restaurants here in this city. Come on, there's good food out here. Like we would have to experience every form of relationship, every song. We have to experience everything in order for our desires to be met. It's the makeup of who we are. We'd have to experience it all just in an attempt to, to satisfy the desires that call out to us every single day. But even then, we would still have an unquenchable thing calling out to us. I, had, I, I know people in my life, I don't mean to expose or say, I know people that you all um, follow on IG or, or hear from often. I know people. I'm not trying to, and I've sat with these people and I've said to them, are you satisfied? Now, these people have in, our, in normal average Joe, JP's life, right? I'm just an average Joe. They seem to have it all. You with me? And I've asked them, are you satisfied? Can I tell you what they say? No. Nope. I keep trying. I keep trying to get more. I keep trying to get more. Whoa, you from the outside, you look like you got it. You, you don't have to wait in lines at the airport. You got a little runway where you pull your car up and you get out the car and you walk up these stairs and you get into a tinier plane. It's called a private jet. <laughs> and you get in that and you fly and you have all the experiences, everything. And they say, yeah, but it's not satisfied what, what I'm longing for. There's something to be said that even if we did attempt to reach and to experience everything, there would still be this desire, this calling, this cry. You know why desire is something that can never be satisfied? Because it's infinite. Just the way God made it to be. Billy Graham, right? A man tested in the faith and proved, I would venture to say, one of the most mighty men that I've heard from, experienced, watched. He says this when it comes to infinite desire created in us. One of the most basic desires of the soul is to live on and on. Self-preservation is the first law of nature. People may grow tired of aches and pains and the decrepitude of old age, but they do not grow tired of life itself. God has arranged to satisfy, I love this, this yearning of the soul to live forever. God has arranged to satisfy the earn, this yearning of the soul to live forever and the desire to be free from pain and sickness and trouble. People are little creatures with big capacities. Did you catch that? You're not just some small, or you got, you got something in you that's big and massive. It's from the creator, God. So people are little creatures with big capacity, finite beings with infinite desires, deserving nothing but demanding all. God made people with this huge capacity and desire. Did you catch that? God made this in us in order that he might come in 
and completely satisfy that desire. God made the human heart so big that only he can fill it. He made it demand so much that only he can supply that demand. God created this massive thing in us, this desire in us, this trait that can only be met by a God that is so big and can only be filled by him. People are little creatures with big capacities, finite beings with infinite desires, deserving nothing but demanding it all. So we find ourselves today in this moment having to make a decision as disciples of Jesus, wanting to know what he has to say about this. This, this, this idea that there are infinite desires calling out from us, pulling us, de- demanding from us. What does Jesus have to say about what's happening in this day and age today? Jesus comes to his followers all throughout the time as he teaches and leads, and he declares his father's words. He tells about the kingdom of God. He, he speaks not only of the salvation that is found in him, but he speaks of the way of life in him. Dinner's gone. I'll pay for my own dinner. I've said this, but salvation is awesome. It's it's the most beautiful thing. We never deserved it. You can never earn it. You can never get it by doing anything of anything, right? It's about Jesus and the grace that he gives us. Yes? And that's awesome. I got my ticket to heaven. I'm going to heaven. But he also taught that heaven is available now. Why can I say that? He prayed it. He declared it. He said the kingdom of God is at hand. It's now. It's available Heaven is going to be awesome, but, but, but we get to experience heaven on earth through the presence, through the Holy Spirit of the living God. You with me? And so if Jesus is sitting there teaching the, 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 the ways of his fathers, he's not only declaring salvation, but he's declaring that as his people, we can live according to his words. We can live according to how he has instructed us to live. And I really believe that the presence of God, the, the, the peace of God, Jesus, and, and the, they're just trying to declare to the church today, peace. In an age and a day where, where it is chaos and confusion and seems darker and it seems heavier. I think the words of Jesus, and there's desires along the words of Jesus today, are you can have peace. You can have rest. You can let go of anxiety. Mental illness is, it's a real thing. Hear me. I've had battles and moments in my life. You guys have heard, I've had moments where I'm brown bagging it in a car. Because I had a panic attack. It's all real. But Jesus doesn't call us to stay parked there. He has a solution to it. So what does Jesus have to say about this infinite desire that's in us? He doesn't tell us, go go get the job with the biggest income. We want you to work. We want you to generate wealth for the kingdom. You hear me? Don't get this twisted. He doesn't teach that. He just says work and work hard. He doesn't say, go get the big house. 
then you'll rest. He doesn't say find the relationship, Mr. and Mrs. Right, and finally, you will have all sorts of peace in your life. Can I be honest with you? When you get married, <laughs> I have so much love and peace with my wife, but you actually learn how much in you is full of you actually need the presence of God more. Some of you single people are like, what? He doesn't tell you all these things that the world tells you. He says, come to me. Come to me. Augustine, another bishop of the faith, he says this, our heart is restless until it finds rest in thee. Our hearts are restless calling, demanding, crying for more. And the only time it will find rest is rest in thee, the almighty God. And so, so, so yeah, from the beginning of the fall, the desires became twisted. The, the, the fall, is, as John Mark Comer says, an amazing man, he, he says, the default setting of the human condition post-Eden is not atheism. You know what it is? He says, idolatry. It's not that like because of the, you know, the fall that everyone just stopped believing. No, no, no. It's, it's actually the posture of looking to all sorts of idols. It's not to aim or desire at God, but whatever you want. Okay, cu cultural moment. You, you with me? What is the world telling you to do? Get whatever you want. Feel whatever you want to feel. Experience whatever you want to experience. Choose your sexuality however you want to choose your sexuality. Last time I checked, I don't serve the world. Last time I checked, I don't abide my, my life anything, to anything else except this thing. And somehow along the way, we're like, oh, no, that thing can go out the window. I've got fresh revelation from the Lord. No, you don't. No, you don't. Just because it's 2021, you don't have some fresh revelation from the... Where is Rachel? I'm I love Eden. I'm so glad we have her, but she needs... You guys doing all right? This is just good news. We become people that are aiming our desires at everything we want. This is because of the fall. This happened right then, bam. And it's continued to happen all throughout generations upon generations. The fact of the matter is today is that we don't have to be those people. Because as we desire things, as we crave things, as we long for things, as we continue to go after these things that are apart from Jesus, what happens is us in us is a complete state of unsettledness. I wish over the last, man, however long I've been serving the Lord, since 22, that I would have understood the power of resting with the Father early on. I wonder how many um, moments in my life I could have avoided stresses in my life I could have avoided. There's good stress in life, and then there's really bad stress. I wonder how many moments I, I could have um, been more operating in love and at peace than operating in chaos and confusion and, and unsettledness because all the desires are calling me and I'm feeding them instead of being fed by the one that can ultimately feed it. What happens in our lives, if, if we're all being honest here, this is all of us. I, I don't know, if you practice Sabbath, that's awesome. But most of us in this room, I would venture to say, we are just constantly filled with an unsettled heart. So on top of this, right, this desire, this creation, 
that we've been created to have this desire that can only be met by God. We are in a moment in a culture where they know that is in humans. We are in a day and age in culture where, where, where companies, organizations, media, they know that they can feed this beast. You with me? Wake up, church. Like, like in this day and age, they know that, hey, you want desires. You have desires. This, the, the, the genetic makeup of humans is to be uh, filled with the one true king. But, but if it's not being filled with that, then let's fill it with so many things that are just going to tear them down and destroy them. There is a complete economy. Our economy called consumerism is built to feed the beast of having desires in our lives and hoping that they can continue. You with me? To make money off of this. So not only do we, we're fighting two things, the flesh, our own lives, but now we're fighting culture. We're fighting the cultural demands of have more, be more, do more, get more. A, a recent study um, showed that, that the human's attention span, this was done in 2020, and um, forgive me, by Rainer and Co. Company, said that the, the human attention span has dropped to, anybody want to take a guess? How, how, how long? Three, eight seconds. Eight seconds. Some of you, I've lost your attention after eight seconds when I first started. You're already in another place. You're back. Now you're out. Now you're back. This is the reality of us today. That we have lost the ability to focus because there is countless desires being shot at us. Constant pullings being shot at us. In um, the 70s, there was on average roughly, give, it, give or take, about 500 ads that an average person would see a day, okay? They were, um, does anybody know what a newspaper is? So whether it be a newspaper, whether it be a billboard, driving down the street, you see billboards, whether it be somewhat on commercials and TVs, the average was about 500. Today, the poll was last done that I found in, in, in 2020, was upwards on average to almost 10,000 ads a day. 10,000 ads a day? That we are seeing scroll across, whether it be on our phones, whether it be on TV, whether it be on billboards, whether it be on magazines, whatever the case is, our, our desire, the, the thing in us is being just spoken to by 10,000 ads a day. Are you with me? This is reality. Can you, so for me to hear that, I'm going, we're fighting up a stream that we're, this is tough. We're in a day and age where I literally can't shut off. <laughs> I literally can't stop getting stuff. I checked my email on Friday to see how many ads or, or, or emails that I get from companies that are just trying to get me to buy stuff. And I'm a sucker. Because, like, I, I'm a chronic email deleter. Anybody else? Like, I don't like any email seeing up. I don't, my phone is blank, right? My wife, on the other hand, I open up her phone, I get immediate anxiety. I'm like, how do you have 10,050 emails right now? Like, how do, like, give me your phone. I'm, like, deleting them. <laughs> Anyways, just a moment. <laughs> I counted on Friday over 300 emails that I got calling me to get them, get things. And I found myself clicking on probably 10 of them. Didn't buy anything, praise the Lord, babe. Didn't buy anything. You with me? We have a culture screaming. We have a makeup screaming. And the solution? 
rest in Jesus. Oh, I need more. I need, we're going to teach and we're going to discover more. But I think it comes to the point in our lives today where we have to decide, is Jesus enough to meet our desires? Is Jesus enough to settle our spirits? Is Jesus enough to release me from the grips of this world? Is Jesus enough to settle my mind? Is Jesus enough to settle my heart? Is he enough? And I would venture to say, absolutely yes. Absolutely. Would it be enough for me to tell you that to take a time, a moment, a day, a half day, a couple hours to begin, and we'll talk about this when I close, but would it be enough for you to detach yourselves from all the distractions, all the noise, all the things? Would it be enough? And it's hard, right, to even consider this, to even think this, to even say, because some of you are like, you don't know my schedule. You don't know what I have to do. You don't know how many kids I have. I have kids. I have a schedule. I, I, I get some of it. I don't get all of your stories. I don't know. I'm a student. Do you know how hard college is? Yes, I went through. Thank you. Like, believe it or not. <laughs> like, like, we all have excuses. Do you know what I run? Do you know what I do? Do you know the company? that yeah, I, I don't. But I do know one principle is true. That there's an invitation from Jesus to come and rest with him in a day and age where we are being screamed at to give ourselves up to the gods of greed, power, lust, you name them. I think the invitation today as a body, as a people, is to come into a place of, of rest. How many of you would want rest? Just for the sake of it, just put your hand up because you need it. Some of you are yawning, going, I don't need rest. <laughs> you probably should. I'm so grateful for the God we serve that gives us an invitation to come and be at rest with him. And that when he says what he says, he says that you will actually get it. You will get it. And so, like I said, over the next five weeks, we're going to talk about, the next four weeks, we're going to talk about different ways and teach Sabbath and specifically teach it. But I, I just want to encourage us with Matthew 11 and then we'll close, okay? I want to just, I'm just setting us up. I'm just setting us up here. This is a pivotal moment for the bride of Christ. Are we going to give in to the structures of the world? Are we going to declare like we sang, I am a child of God, and as a child, I listen to my father. I'm obedient to my father. Sabbath in the Greek, if I may, it means this. It means to rest. It means to cease. And it means to stop. Rest, cease, stop. Three words that we don't talk a lot about today. Three words that aren't in our vocabulary as a, as a day and age today. We, we don't talk about resting. We don't talk about stopping. We don't talk about ceasing, especially in a city like Chicago, where it is built off of grinding. It's built off of working. And hear me, work, please. Don't be like, my pastor told me I rest, cease, and stop. No, 
There's a difference between being in between a job, trying to locate a job, trying to get a job, not being in. There's a difference than just sitting on your couch eating, eating Cheetos, playing video games. Can I come at, can, can I teach? There's a difference. The one of Cheetos, couch, video games, Instagramming all day, that's not of God. All the old people are like. Because <laughs> can I be honest? I'm, I'm in the middle there's, there's a generation, right? My family, my father, my, my parents, I love them, but they grinded. They worked hard and they still do. And I'm grateful for that example. And then I'm on the generation watching where it's like, I'll just, I'll make a couple money here, a little bit of here. I'll just chill. If anything, I'll just move in with my parents. I'm 37. I'll just move in with my parents. What? To work, but Sabbath, and make it a point to stop, to rest, to cease. And here's why. Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary. It's an invitation, right? It's an invitation for our soul. Salvation, yes. You with me? It's saying yes to Jesus to rest for our soul. Salvation is the, is the initial thing to give us rest. It gives us the, the, the blood covering of Jesus Christ over our hearts, over our souls. We are blood-bought children when we say yes to Jesus. Amen? Amen? But it's also an invitation when he says, come to me, to come to be with him day in and day out. And what I know to be true of these words is when Jesus says, come, what he's actually saying is, you're going to have to leave some other stuff. You're going to have to leave some other stuff to come to me, Jesus says. Because if, if I said to Shannon, Shannon, come here, Shannon would have to get up out of her seat, leave that place, leave that area, leave where she's at, and come to this place. And so Jesus says, come. I believe Jesus meets people. I believe Jesus and the Spirit of God meet and, and pour. He met me. The Spirit of God met me. I believe that. But the invitation is to come to him. And so Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary. Come on, how, how many of you, when's the last time you went running to Jesus? When's the, no, I'm not talking crisis moments. I'm not talking you got blue lights behind you. <laughs> like, Jesus, I haven't prayed in years, but please, Lord, if you could just hear me now. I'm not talking that. When's the last time out of just deep adoration, and in acknowledgement of what he has done for us, have we run to the Father? Have we run to him? Have we left some things to get to Jesus? Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. Oh, man, that's a powerful thing. I was reflecting on the word. Just come to me. And I started to just ask the Father, show me some things in my life that are, in, are, are, are in, like, what's the word? Hindering me from coming. Oh, that's that. Things just started showing up, revealing. I'm like, oh man, I'm actually self-preserving my life more than I'm actually trusting you to come to me. It means that there are moments, times that we have to leave stuff and get to him. And can I be honest? That's what happens in Sabbath. Sabbath is a time. And guys, this is, listen, you can choose to practice this. You can choose to not. We're not some legalistic church where we're going to have tally charts and stickers back there like, how did you Sabbath today? Here's your red star. We're not this. Hear me. And some of you are like, this is an Old Testament practice. 
We're not going to go down that trail. I, I think God's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. So there's that. It's not legalistic. You can do it. You don't do it. But I would venture to say that if you come to Jesus and you stop attaching yourself and holding on to some things, you'd act, actually experience the abundant life that he's promised us. You're going to get to heaven without practicing Sabbath. Receive that. <laughs> but what if we started to leave some stuff and come to Jesus? What if we actually would start to experience heaven on earth? What if we actually in our apartments, in our homes, in our dorm rooms, with friends, what if we come to Jesus and started to experience his grace and his mercy and his kindness and his goodness? He says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Sabbath is a, is a thing where we have to leave some stuff. We have to shut off the phones. We have to close the laptops. We have to disengage from the stuff. Now here, you, you, and we'll talk about it. You can make Sabbath however you want. There's, there's not a, a so, some of you are like, I need a step-by-step. -step. There's not a step-by-step. -step. But I would venture to say that there are some things that need to happen. Maybe cancel the social media pages for just one day. How good is it to just get rid of social media? I actually think there's good in humanity. When I get off of social media. <laughs> Anyways. You might have to stop. Some of the demands of friends and people calling. And telling you, oh, you're not a good friend. No, no, no. I'm, don't, don't judge me off of one moment. Base me off my whole character. You might have to stop going and just come and get with Jesus. Separate some times. So he says, come to me all who are weary. Uh, Bruce and team, come on up. And I, and I will give you rest. You guys doing all right? Come, and I will give you rest. When we get with Jesus, we get rest. We get rest. Sabbath was created for man. Not man for the Sabbath. And what Sabbath does, and, and hear me, I believe you can have this every single day. I believe you can be at rest and be at peace, but there is a, a pivotal thing that when we set a time aside to just detach ourselves, we actually get to come to a position and a posture and begin to have the Father and his Spirit minister to us, and we get to reveal and bring things to him without the distractions of everything else going on. He says, come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. God created the earth in six days, and he rested on the seventh. You know this, right? The, the Genesis account, the, the Exodus story, the Exodus moment, Exodus 20, the, the law is given, and one of the things that are given is uh, honor uh, the Sabbath day and keep it holy and remember what the Father did in Eden and creating in six days, and he rested on the seventh. And so there's that account of, of the people of Israel remembering that, going, okay, there is a time for us to come and to stop working, stop moving, stop doing everything, and just remember what God has given us in its creation. You with me? Fast forward, though, the people of Israel then stop listening, stop obeying, stop going after Yahweh's words, and, and choose their own way, and they end up in Egypt, in slavery, in bondage. Can I be honest? 
The moment we stop dismissing God's word, we find ourselves in places of captivity that we were never called to be in. I'll preach that message one day. So they find themselves in this moment and God releases them, right? Let my people go and they get free and now they're moving about and they're heading towards in Deuteronomy. There's a new way of commands that are given to them, not, not, not going against what was said in Exodus, but, but, but the words in Deuteronomy are so interesting when it comes to the Sabbath, the, the words that I'm going to paraphrase just for the sake of time. It says, do you not remember that you were slaves in Egypt? And the hand of God, the mighty hand of God, the almighty God, the Lord, he came and he delivered you. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. It's powerful what that difference means. What God is saying to the people is, hey, Exodus was a remembrance of Eden and the creation. But now I want you to remember what you were freed from, the structures of Egypt, the grip of slavery, the power of Pharaoh, the the, the Israelites, what did they do when they were there? Worked all day long, worked, 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 produced, 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 labored, 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 just to feed the God of that land. You with me? Is this connecting dots? Because it sure is here. And he comes and says, I want you to work. I want you to produce. I want you to do that stuff. But take a day of memory, of remembrance of what I freed you from. That I have not called you to attach yourselves to the system of Pharaoh, to the system of Egypt. I have freed you from the system of Egypt. What God is saying in this moment to the people is you're going to either serve him, Yahweh, or you're going to continue to serve the world. And he says, if you would just stop for a moment, remember where I freed you from. You know what Sabbath does for me today? I remember what God freed me from. I remember that I don't have to have a fear of man. I, don't, I remember that I don't have to worry about if I'm going to eat. I don't have to worry about if I'm going to have this or that. I get to be at rest with him, thanking him, remembering, being gracious that he has freed me and set me free. Sabbath rest is an opportunity to remind our souls that we have been set free. This is a good word, church. This is so counter to everything else. And when you stop and you detach yourselves from the structures of the world, from the demands, from the cultural screaming stuff that's out there today, and you just say, I'm coming to a place I'm going to rest. I'm going to remember what you did for me and how good you've been. Rachel and I, we're not, we're, not, we're not experts at this. Can I be honest? We're not experts. But over the course of the last two years, we were watching our lives go down a trajectory of we were just working. That's me. <laughs> I don't even want to tell you who just, that's awesome. We were in a trajectory that was really unhealthy, building, creating, doing this stuff of building the church. And I remember we both looked at each other and said, if we keep going down this path, we won't be here. And I went away and I experienced the power of Sabbath at, a, at, a, at the church down in Jacksonville at Celebration. Many of you know that from our connection there. And they said, the one thing they said to me was, Jay, would you break any of the other Ten Commandments? I said, 
I thought about it for a second. I went through them. Do not murder. <laughs> do not steal. Do not have other gods. Are you with me? And then I got to the Sabbath. I said, why well, work on Sundays? They said, so what about Monday? Convicted the mess out of me. But it was an invitation for me. And I found as my wife and I sit on Friday night, we start at Friday night and we go into Saturday where we try our best to shut off our phones and put our laptops away and be with the kids. I find that the goodness of God comes and meets us in our house, on our walks, at stacks eating pancakes. I just remember, we get to remember what God saved us from and who our source is. And all the weariness and unsettledness and the rest that I'm trying to get, I don't have because I constantly attach myself to the world structures. In that moment, I stop and I get to receive the rest that he has promised to give me. Does this make sense, church? This is a posture of formational discipline that will help us. When we get with Jesus and we rest, we get a true rest that comes from him. And when we get that rest, we get to live from it. I can tell you coming in on Sundays when I don't have a Sabbath on Saturday, I'm missing out on being filled with love and patience. I come in a little bit more stressed and a little bit more anxious and a little bit more wondering. And some of you are like, we felt that before. Probably. Because when I come in to a Sabbath and I come out of it, in a moment, that moment, I just feel more free because I'm reminded of God. I get the yoke placed on me that's of him, that's easy and light. Are there days in life where you're going through and you've got a project to complete at work, you've got a project for school, you're on a deadline, all that stuff is real, hear me. But the posture of our soul when we're in those is what really matters. That's a good word, Pastor. We live from this rest. And so today, it's an invitation as I, as I close. Just want to make you aware of that as I close today. In our old groups, we're going to talk about this. We're going to practice this. For some of you, you shut me off the moment I said Sabbath. But I want to challenge you today to take this week as we come into the next. Search the scriptures. Ask the Holy Spirit what he would say. And maybe begin to ask him to give you the strength to become a person or a family or a couple that will begin to take time off. That you will take time to stop, to cease, and to rest. That as a college student, you might find five hours in a day in the middle of the week where you stop, you cease, and you rest. You, you go and you walk with the Father. You, you receive from the Father. I would bet you a lot of money that your days and weeks and as college students would be supernaturally blessed when you do this. I want to challenge us to be people that go and say, okay, I'm going to do this. Maybe you start this week. Maybe you find a time. Traditionally speaking, the, 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 the tradition would be a Friday night, it's a Saturday. Shabbat dinner and doing that time, that was, that was the structure created. You could do that. We, we start Friday night into Saturday till about noon. Some of you, it might be Sunday. It's your day off. You come into worship. You come in fellowship with the believers, and then you can leave and just go be at rest. Enjoy time with friends. Enjoy, do all that stuff, but, but don't work. 
Some of you are like, I, I know people that have to, Quinn's, Quinn's incredible. She leaves this place and she goes to work. Come on. And many of you do that. And so we're a culture that have all sorts of different peoples, but I want to challenge you, find a time when you can do this in the middle of the week. This is what this is, where we say, we're going to stop, we're going to sit, and we're going to rest. Guys, people say, oh, I just need a vacation. I just need a trip. What you're saying is, is I don't know how to Sabbath. God, I love it. So what does this look like as I wrap up? Take communion. Get some bread, get some juice, get some wine. Take communion. Do it in your home. Just invite his presence in by remembering what he's done for you. Pray over your spouse. Pray over your kids. If you don't have a spouse, pray over your family. Pray over your, hello, here's a reality. Pray over your future spouse that you have not met yet that you've been longing for and you keep going on to all these Tinder dates. Maybe you should just, maybe you should just start praying. Wow, shots fired. Maybe you should start praying into your future spouse. My wife prayed for me well before we met and I'm thankful to God for that. Declare scripture over your home, your apartment, your dorm room. Read a passage out loud. Ask the Holy Spirit to minister to you as you rest in the presence of God. Sharing a meal together, meals together. Cook. We made pancakes yesterday morning at the house. <laughs> and I was in charge in this day as Rachel was feeding Eden. And Titus grabbed the whole bowl of pancake mix and just literally just spilled it upside down. It was not a very restful moment, but it was a funny moment in Jesus' name. But we laughed. And I can't tell you if years ago, if that was me, I would have been so high stressed and strong, I would have flipped. I just started laughing. I was like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> go for a walk heck go sit at the lake you know we have a lake in this city it's really nice Chicago's the best minus the winter married couples have sex everyone's like I was not going to Sabbath until now <laughs> They're like, I'm in. I don't even have to come four more weeks. I'm in. <laughs> Read. Pick up a book. Turn off the phone. Stop scrolling. You're going to get carpal tunnel. Like, read a book. Enjoy nature. I, for, I'm not a nature guy. But I found myself in these moments going for walks in different places being like, man, this is God's creation. This is beautiful. Be filled with gratitude. Maybe write a note. Maybe tell your roommate who's driving you nuts how awesome they are. Listen, this is not a list. This is not a list of to-dos and not-to-dos. This is an imitation. Like I said, the, the, the prompt today is to pray and, and ask and start this. Ask him to help you in this. I love this list. This is my last close. And parents, if you can go and grab your kids. We're running a little late. I'm sorry. You can bring them back in. We have baptism Sunday right after this. It's going to be awesome. 
What do you get? This is a list that I, I, I saw from, from Bridgetown, those guys up there. Let me just tell you some things. If you're, if you're questioning whether you should do Sabbath, here's, here's some stuff that you'll get. You ready? Are you ready? This is it, my final close. Stand up, stand up, stand up. You get a life of busyness transferred over to a life of margin. How many of you need some margin in your life? How many of you feel like you're so busy? How many of you know when you ask, someone asks you how you're doing, what do you say? I'm doing good, I'm just busy. Come on, it's, the, it's like the phrase of like everybody. You get a life of margin. Instead of hurry, you get to slow down. Instead of noise, chaos, you get peace and quiet. How many of you need some peace and quiet? You get deeper relationships instead of isolation. Filled with anxiety, when you Sabbath and you rest with him, you get to learn how to trust him. We have trust issues today with the Father, so we claim anxiety to be the medication. That's a good word. We, I'm anxious. Go talk to him about it. He has a word or two to say about it. Envy. Oh, they have this. They went on this trip. Look, they have such a good Instagram family. And all along, our kids are just running around destroying things. Like, this is so, it's like, no, I, I get to enjoy what God has given me. Comparison breaks off. Distracted people become delighted and focused. Sabbath rest creates in me not, not, not a sense of greed, but of generosity. Because I know that I'm not attached to the structures of Egypt. I'm attached to the one true king who owns a cattle on a thousand hills. And I have to be worried about nothing, but I get to trust him for everything. If he provided for the birds of the airs and the lilies of the fields, he's going to give his kids what we need. And I don't have to worry about it. Confusion gets overtaken by peace. This is what Sabbath does. And I know this is a lost art, a lost spiritual discipline. We elevate prayer and fasting, and that's good. But I would venture to say if we can become a people that learn how to Sabbath, we're going to experience all sorts of God's goodness. We're going to experience peace and rest like we've never experienced before. Amen? Can I pray over us today? Maybe just open up your hands right now. If you want to receive this, as we go into being challenged to say yes to this. Father, right now, help us. Holy Spirit, help us. As people go and to dive into the, to your word, as they listen to you on this, speak to them as only you can. Remove the thought of this being legalistic or a thing we have to do to earn your love. This is an invitation to sit in your love. And so would we be a people that are distinct, set apart, and that trust in a good Father for all things, for all ways, for everything we need? So would we find the power of resting in you in a time of Sabbath, day in and day out? Open up our hearts to continue to receive and to be taught in this. We pray this and ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody says, come on, and everybody says, Come on, can we give God some praise for his presence?